What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Healthy alive. Yeah. Enjoying the spring weather. Is it warming up down there, though? Oh, yeah. We had 60s here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, another warm one today, so... I mean, it's get supposed ready. to cool down a little bit. You know, yeah, yeah. But. Get ready for those tornadoes. They're coming. Mm-hmm. They're coming. Yep. On the way. And remember, when they get there, it's going to be man-made. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Speaking of man-made climate change, let's start with this. You heard about the glacier collapsing in the Himalayas, yeah, over in India and triggering this giant flood and it tore down through the valley and all the rest of it. Yeah. You heard about that? Yeah, I heard a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some people are asking, some of the natives there, they're asking, did the CIA plant a nuclear device and detonate it to cause the glacier to collapse and the flooding down through the valley and and all the rest of it. My first question would be, why? Well, it goes back to a Cold War thing. I'm not quite sure. It's it's explained here, and I, I guess we'll go into it. Locals hit by the glacier flood disaster, and I think it killed up to two, like yeah, it killed around like 200 people. They believe a nuclear device placed in the Himalayas by U.S. Cold War spies caused the problem. I guess part of a glacier and a large chunk of rock face broke off uh, broke off in the mountains of. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. Otterack hand. I, I'm assuming that that's it. Uh, anyway, uh, jamming a river before the mass of backed up water broke through, causing mass devastation. And I'm looking at some pictures here. It's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, the whole the whole valley pretty much got uh, got taken out. It would be. I want to say it looks like it would be what would be the equi- equivalent of if the Hoover Dam were to break. Mm. That's about what it would be, uh, and that would tear up a lot of a lot of stuff. That would tear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The deluge of water, rocks, and soil hurtled down a V-shaped valley, sweeping away homes, roads, and bridges, as well as around 200 people, many of whom have still not been found in almost two weeks. In the farming mountain village of Rani, residents believe the, that nuclear devices, which may have been hidden under the rocks for decades, could have caused the devastation by melting the snow. So they're saying the m- nuclear devices caused the explosion? Uh, well, to they're break saying all the stuff, I, or... I guess, or cause like the heat from the 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 nuke, like the the plutonium or whatever, caused the warming to melt if, the okay. glacier or something. Did I don't they know. did they have okay? So w- when they're referencing nuclear devices, are they are they saying there was um, like nuclear missiles stored there? There was well, no, not not exactly, not exactly. These these were something else. They're saying that um, well, one one of the. Uh, uh, the, yeah, one of the representatives of the region has uh, said that we think that the devices could have played a role. And how can it? How can a glacier simply break off in the winter? Well, it's man-made climate change. Apparently, they haven't been purview to that over there. It's because they're driving cars, I guess, or or because we're driving cars. It's it's caused that problem, I guess. Uh, we think the government should investigate and find the devices. In the 1960s, the U.S. collaborated with India to place monitoring devices in the mountain range to spy on Chinese missile tests. Apparently, we didn't do a good enough job because they're in a little bit better position right now than the rest of the world. Just saying. It came during the height of the paranoia 
Yeah, paranoia. During the Cold War, when China detonated its first nuclear device in 1964. In October 1965, a group of 18 experienced U.S. and Indian climbers carried seven plutonium capsules weighing five kilograms and surveillance equipment up to Nanda Devi, the second highest mountains, uh, the second highest mountain in India, standing at 25,643 feet, just below Everest a little bit. The mission carried out by the CIA in conjunction with India's intelligence bureau intended to place a relay listening device on the summit of the mountain, which sits on the border with China. During the ascent, a blizzard forced the climbers to retreat, and they left behind devices on they left behind the devices on a platform on the mountain. The equipment left on. Nanda Devi consisted of a six foot long antenna, two radio communication sets, a power pack, and seven plutonium capsules. The luggage weighed around 57 kilograms, and the climbers decided to abandon the climb and leave behind the devices during their bid for safety. But the following spring, the climbers returned to the mountain to lug it to the summit, but they could not find the devices anywhere. None of the equipment has since been found, despite a number of search missions in subsequent years. Nanda Devi was even closed off to foreign expeditions until 1974 over fears that the spy equipment would be found and used. Uh, one climber who led an expedition for an, for an Indian team said the plutonium stock was about half the size of an atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. The fuel rods are a compound of two plutonium isotopes, PU-238, which I think that's the main one, which is uh, which has a half-life of 87 years, and PU-239 with a half-life of 24,400 years. Uh, P2, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 239 is the one. I, yeah, 238, 239. 239 is the uh, main isotope used in nuclear weapons. So they're saying that the rods would power a generator known as SNAP, which is a system for nuclear auxiliary power to collect data on Chinese missile launches. Once activated, it would convert the radioactive heat energy into electricity to power the listening device and its antenna. This is a, this is a far stretch. It's quite a stretch so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In 1967, a third mission saw climbers place a new set of devices on the adjacent 22,500-foot mountain Nanda Khat. It proved successful, but then suddenly stopped sending signals, prompting another climb to retrieve the device. The mountaineers found that its heat had caused it to slowly melt eight feet into the face of the mountain, and they promptly took the device away. So apparently it's the heat from the plutonium then that does it. Real quick, the SNAP devices, those are radioisotopic thermoelectric generators, which is the name I was trying to think of here the other day that uses radiation uh, to the heat from it is used to mm -hmm. um, produce electricity. However, it's all self-contained. It mm -hmm. heats a fluid, which is then used to uh, generate the electricity. So melting through um, the mountain... You could melt through snow with it, maybe, but through the mountain, you're talking like two to three thousand degrees Fahrenheit to do that, and that ain't happening. Well, unless the face, of course, was just ice. Well, uh, in the beginning bit, you were saying that it was also rock, which is what. Oh yeah. Blocked yeah, yeah. the. So yeah, yeah. that plutonium's melting point is. Um, I'm pretty sure it would melt before it would. Uh, well. Well, locals believe that this shows that the device, which could still be up in the mountain, is eating away into the snow, causing the latest glacier flood. Uh, scientists have examined the sand and waters in the area in recent years, with some with some claiming to have found evidence of plutonium similar to the stock placed in the generator. I didn't know, like in, in the '60s. I mean, that's a that would have been a feat in the '60s. I mean, that's um, that's quite interesting. They did so. The snap generators were made uh, in the early '60s. Uh, like Snap One, I believe was. Uh, let's see, they used. Oh, this is a, a it's cerium reactor. This is the 
cycle with mercury as the heat transfer fluid operated successfully for 2500 hours well others believe yeah others believe that the recent flood may have been caused by climate change see here it is here it is with 10,000 glaciers receding at a rate of 100 to 200 feet per decade in the indian himalayas uh, workers have also been carrying out construction in the area to build new highways and hydroelectric plants which may have disturbed the glacier so there you go i i kind of I'm I, I'm struggling to believe that they took seven RTGs up there, mm-hmm. um, which were experimental at the time. Like the first satellite uh, with an RTG was launched in 1961, and they used plutonium 238 uh, for the uh, 96 grams of it. Mm-hmm. Plutonium is not cheap to produce. They would not have seven capsules of plutonium. To take to a mountain for a listening post. Least of all that, in the 60s. Do, do you know yeah. the, like the, the process that we had to go through to enrich that in the 60s? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we saved those kind of things for um, actual nuclear weapons or like Voyager 1 and 2 or, you know, Pioneer 10 and 11. Th- those types of things. That's what we use the plutonium for. Putting it up there for a listening post um, seems like a bit of a stretch, uh, but I don't know. I mean, that's not the craziest uh, you, thing I've ever heard. That, that's the thing is it, it's not the craziest thing because who, who who created Osama bin Laden again? Uh, the, the CIA. Just, yeah. So it, it would yeah. it, it wouldn't be too much of a stretch for them to do something that's stupid. But for it to produce enough heat to melt a glacier, no, you, you would have a hole maybe a foot like it would melt itself a foot in diameter it would melt down that that that's about all it would do and you would have a hole that would fill up and refreeze <laughs> it, it makes no sense yeah well i'll tell you what i'll tell you what doesn't make any more i'll tell you what doesn't make any more sense than that can you imagine this bruce you go out and you find let's say you've got like a niece or a nephew right let's say you want to go out and you want to get him like a stuffed animal or something right okay so you go out and you buy him one and you give it to them as a present, whether it's nice to see you, haven't seen you in a while, here you go, or happy birthday, that kind of stuff, or a special occasion, whatever, Valentine's Day, whatever it is. And imagine you hand that to the child and they say, well, this thing's a little, feels a little funny. You say, well, here, let me see it. And you open it up and there's 5,000 Oxycontin inside of it. Oof. That's a big oof. Yeah, it is a big oof, isn't it? That that is hmm. that actually happened. That that actually happened. Parents find five thousand fentanyl pills stuffed inside of a toy bought for their daughter. I, I'm not I'm not joking. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine if one of those packages were were had a had a hole in it and the child was oh, exposed oh. to it? Oh, that could have killed the child. Oh, it, without it, a doubt, that stuff is deadly. Yeah. A seemingly innocent stuffed toy purchased from a thrift store outside of Phoenix was found to have had thousands of fentanyl pills stuffed inside of it. It was a green glow worm. I guess this is a a thing, uh, a cartoon or something. I don't know. Uh, Was purchased from a store in El Mirage, northwest of Phoenix, and intended as a gift for a little girl from her parents. However, it wasn't long before the family realized their bark and buy was harboring a hidden secret. Parents purchased a glowworm at a thrift store in El Mirage for their daughter and found a sandwich bag. That's a big sandwich bag. A sandwich bag with over 5,000 pills believed to be fentanyl inside of it, Phoenix police said in a tweet on Sunday. After calling the police, the concerned parents handed over the drugs to the officers who used the opportunity to remind people to inspect all 
all opened and used items. I would say so, yes. An investigation is said to be underway. Fentanyl is, is an extremely potent synthetic prescription opioid. It most commonly used as a painkiller. Yeah. The, uh, the street value of this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> end of life, by the way. That That's an end of life uh, painkiller. That's not something you're, you're, you're typically giving someone. Um, um, no, no, it's not true. No, it's not true. Uh, I've seen people get mixed up and if they have like, um, well, I mean, this is what they do for, for vets, for example, uh, at the VA, if they're in pain. I, I know people that are on this. Maybe I'm um, thinking of a, maybe I'm thinking of carfentanil. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Oh my God. That's, um, that, that might be what I'm thinking of. Carfentanil is like a couple of grains of that will, yeah. will kill you. I, I know somebody yeah. that died of that, but this is, um, yeah. Okay. Well, so we'll get in. Yeah, we'll get into that. But over the past decade, the drug has swept across the U.S. and is often mixed with heroin. Yeah. And other street opioids to increase the drug's potency, leading to deadly consequences. Now, fentanyl. Right now, that is said to be up to a hundred times more stronger, or excuse me, more a hundred times more strong than morphine. Okay, just that. It's also a hundred times stronger than heroin. Now, if you throw in carfentanil into the mix, which is a basically like only a few grams of that are ever needed in the entire nation for actual use. It's an elephant tranquilizer, for God's sake. With some variants such as carfentanil thought to be up to, listen to this, 10,000 times stronger than fentanyl. So 100 times fentanyl, just fentanyl by itself, is 100 times more potent than morphine or heroin. And people pop these things like candy in the US. We've got an opioid crisis. And variants yeah. such as and variants such as carfentanil is ten thousand times stronger than that. Are you paying attention? Carfentanil. I know somebody that died of this. Somebody personally that died of this. And when they died, it's what they call a hot dose. Someone that was mixed up into that. No one could do anything for them. They had to respond with hazmat gear because if you breathe any of it, then you could fall. You could fall into it. It might not be fatal, but if you breathe any of it, a couple of grains of this. And when I say a couple of grains, I'm talking, think of it, think of it like a salt shaker. If you just literally just tap a salt shaker into your hand, just shake out a few of those grains, that's carfentanil. That's all you need for it to be deadly. If your dog or cat breathes in any of these vapors from carfentanil, your dog or cat will die. Instantly. Fentanyl is the, okay, so the drug's potency makes it not only lucrat a lucrative alternative for those involved in the drug trade, but also nearly impossible for street level users to gauge its strength. True. A kilogram, which is about 2.2 pounds, roughly, of heroin can produce 10,000 doses. A kilogram of fentanyl analysis estimate will produce 500,000 doses. According to the CDC, oh, well, Take this for what it's worth. Two thirds of nearly 47,000 opioid related deaths in the U.S. in 2018 were caused by powerful synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl and its analogs. And of course, those numbers have compounded upon themselves because of COVID substance abuse. Imagine that. Yeah, you buy a stuffed animal for your uh, for your relative or for your kid or whatever. And yeah, 5000 pills of deadly drug in there. As you said, it's um, quite the epidemic here. Uh, yeah, it is really. I, I wish really this is where one of the this is where I government I expect government to step in and do something like I don't know better regulation on the border so this stuff doesn't come in for example um, but whatever that's racist the war on drugs has not been a success that is for sure well in the meantime while that's going on there's good news California introduces a bill to decriminalize psychedelic drugs well that's great isn't it. That's that's fantastic. California lawmaker has introduced a bill that would decriminalize psychedelic drugs. The state senator who authorized the bill is Scott Weiner. Uh, people should not be going to jail for possessing or using drugs. It's a health issue. 
Oh, it's a health issue, you see. Not a criminal issue. And I hope we get all the way there. Uh-huh. Well, if it feels good, do it, right? Why not do it in the road? Isn't that the old uh, the old hippie adage? I mean, isn't that what it is? I I honestly don't know. I've never heard that one before. You've never heard that? If it feels good, do it. <laughs> Why not do it in the road? I, I've heard that. I've heard the first part, but not the, the ending of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny. Do it in the road. Yeah, yeah. Weiner also discussed the bill with uh, Fox News. I guess he was on Fox News talking about how great this is. Whether you're living in San Francisco or you're living in rural Ohio. Oh, boy. This ought to be good. Let's hear what he has to say, because that's where I'm from. We all... Every single one of us have experience with mental health and addiction trauma in our communities. The mental health and addiction crisis in this country is everywhere. Well, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. We all have experience with mental health and addiction trauma in our communities. That's for sure. Yeah, I worked in the streets out there all across the, uh, the, the upper Northeast. I guarantee you your bureaucratic behind hasn't been out there in the streets to see it firsthand. You live in ivory towers disconnected from reality. You don't see what it's done to the crime rate. You just introduced bills to pass more legislation to get funding to throw it at that problem that you've created. You don't actually fix the problem. You think decriminalizing drugs is going to somehow clean out the jails, when in reality, all you're doing is dumping that crime back out in the street in front of people's doorsteps. That's all you're doing. You're endangering the community by allowing these people to continue to operate in the streets with impunity. And to be quite fair... I don't blame the drug user in the street. I blame people like you, because while we're allowing you to operate with impunity in your high office there in your ivory tower, you're the reason that the crime in the community has gone up. He also reportedly framed the legislation as part of the larger movement to end the racist war on drugs. Oh, the war on drugs is now racist. Racist war on racist drugs. war on drugs. By the way, does he know why uh, it's racist war on drugs? Does he does he know what? Well, he describes um, it as a failed set of racist policies starting in the early 20th century and accelerating in the 1970s and 80s established under the guise of addressing addiction and drug dealing. Oh, so he doesn't mention at all the the 90s, uh, the crime bill that the, was passed there. No, no. Oh, OK. Yeah, that that crime bill was actually somewhat racist in our eyes today um, because it was meant to crack down on crack usage. The crack epidemic, yep. Crack was the heroin of the 1980s. True. Yeah. And who was it that which group typically did crack the most in the cities? Yeah, it, it kind of targeted the yeah. black community a bit. Uh, a bit of the black community ended up in prison more. So in today's eyes, it was racist. And who's one of the big proponents of that back then? Our current president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can't talk about that. The bill was unveiled on Thursday and would reportedly decriminalize possession and personal use of psilocybin. Oh my goodness. MDMA, that's ecstasy for those that don't know. LSD, ketamine, oh, DMT. That's that's the Alex Jones special, isn't it? The DMT. That's the, <laughs> not what that is. I think so, yeah. Which can all be used for medical treatment. The decriminalization process would apply to any kind of use or possession, not only medical. However, the bill emphasizes the medical benefits of psychedelics. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not against looking at all avenues for medical use, right? Because yes, science there that we don't understand. Yes, but this but, is yeah, I understand. But this is this is recreational. We we all know. Yeah, yeah, it's that's what it's meant to be for. Yeah, basically, gonna, they want to do what Oregon has done. That's that's what they want to do. You decriminalize it first, and then you don't even you don't even enforce. Because what it, what it means by decriminalizing, if you get caught with possession, you may get fined, right? But you're not going to get like jail time or something like that. Um, well, you won't even get fined for this. Well, I mean, in in 
some places that that's that's usually what they do typically when they when they say decriminalize but that's what it's going to boil down to is it's it's going to be not illegal not regulated not tracked or any of that kind of stuff honestly if you're going to make that dystopian future you have to you have to have these things out there on the market because you got to have all avenues to keep the people happy to keep them stupid ecstasy we're decriminalizing ecstasy we're decriminalizing lsd ketamine dmt but I mean, technically, seriously, if you if you're in psilocybin, like a, seriously, if you're if you're in the uh, like raving community, um, many of those drugs are easily accessible. Okay, granted, granted, but for God's sake, I mean, you know what? I, I spent all those years working on the streets, putting people like this away. What the no, hell did I, I do it I for? Totally, what did I do it for? I I, I I totally understand your your frustration on that. And, and, and I'm not condoning it by saying that it's readily available in those places. I'm saying, no, I, I get, it. I get uh, it. You know, it's it's an epidemic, and this is really something we should be addressing. But politicians are the epidemic. If you want my honest opinion, people to put that kind of garbage forward. All right, would you believe we're out of time? <laughs> Unfortunately, we are out of time. We're going to have to go. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For probably stopping some more. Please check us out later on today, and I hope everyone has a great morning.